It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. It is officially the off season, Joe. And like I said yesterday, we know who's picking right in front of the Cincinnati Bengals at 32, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs, the winner of the Super Bowl. I talked about all that yesterday on our first segment of the show before we got into Mock Draft Monday. Today, we have a little bit of news to update the good people on, and then we're going to take a look at the two Super Bowl teams. In a little bit of detail, look at some of the moves they made to get to the point they got to and talk about which of those teams might be a model the Bengals can emulate. But as always, we'll catch you up on the little bit of news we have here first, and this will probably be the last Bengals news we have for quite a while, so let's get into it. We'll start with a bit of coaching news to update Bengals fans on. The Bengals have hired Colt Anderson to replace Braden Coombs as the assistant special teams coordinator, and this will be his first time as a coach. He was playing in the NFL just a few years ago in 2017. He's 34 years old. He went undrafted out of Montana in 2009, played with the Vikings, Eagles, Colts, and Buffalo Bills most recently, a safety and special teams player. You may remember Cole Anderson from 2015 when the Patriots were in Indianapolis and coach Chuck Pagano called a fake punt on fourth and three late in the third quarter. And it had just Griff Whalen snapping the ball to Cole Anderson with nobody blocking for him at all. And it famously failed in spectacular fashion. That was not the highlight of his career, but he is known to be a very good special teams player generally. That is what people are writing about him as he's been hired for the first time to be a coach. And this is not the first person the Bengals have added to the coaching staff to be in their first real coaching opportunity. Dan Pitcher is getting his first opportunity to coach a position. He was the assistant quarterbacks coach last year and game manager coach, game situation coach. This year he'll be the quarterbacks coach for the first time. So there will be a couple of young rookie coaches on a generally inexperienced Zach Taylor staff, but of course they did balance that with a few experienced hires this winter as well. And we'll see how they all fit together into a mostly cohesive, continuous coaching staff that carries over for the Bengals from a tumultuous 2019 season. Now, at the end of 2019, the Bengals did make a waiver claim that has finally been processed. 
And that's cornerback Tony Brown, who was an undrafted free agent originally with the San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers. I think originally with the San Diego Chargers, though, right? Probably, yeah, for 2018. And then went to Green Bay for a couple of years, and now he will be a Cincinnati Bengal. And and he's highly thought of as an upside player. He comes out of Alabama and has graded well for PFF in his action. Yeah, and he's six foot, two hundred pounds, ran a four three five. So they're getting size and speed. I think that's definitely something they want back there. Played two hundred ninety snaps in two thousand eighteen for Green Bay, just forty seven last year before being waived. Uh, typically, he's graded pretty well as a tackler for PFF. So uh, get us a little bit of size, a little bit of strength, a little bit of tackling with some speed. Yeah, that kind of profile at corner tends to work out more often than a smaller guy that can't run fast. Obviously, he has the measurables he needs and he'll see if he can pick up the technique and the rest of the game. And this is a second free agent cornerback the Bengals have acquired this offseason to go along with Winston Rose, who came from the CFL. So the Bengals recognizing perhaps the value of the cornerback position and the volatility they have at that position with Drake Kirkpatrick potentially fighting for a roster spot, potentially a cap casualty, BW Webb, a replaceable player, and Darquez Denard, a free agent, then the only other guy outside of William Jackson, who has one year left on his deal, is Darius Phillips, who's flashed upside, but you can't really go into the season with him as your only outside corner. And get used to the Bengals making waiver claims. They own the number one waiver priority from now until week three, through week three of the regular season. So once we get down to cutdowns and all the waivers that happen at the end of summer, going into week one and week one, Uh, that's when the Bengals should be able to acquire a few players to round out the bottom of the roster. Yeah, those waiver priority rankings will change based on the standings after week three has completed. But until then, as Joe mentioned, the Bengals have the top priority. So if there's a player passing through waivers that the Bengals are interested in, there's really no reason that they can't go out and add him to the roster. So hopefully that is a useful roster building tool for this team as they continue to rebuild heading into the 2020 season. So waiver claims, of course, one way to build a team with the cast-offs of others, and it can be very useful, but we're going to take a look in the next couple segments here at how Kansas City and San Francisco went about putting their rosters together for their Super Bowl runs. But before that, I'm going to tell you about our third-time returning sponsor, Abco Safety, the safety distributor located in Cincinnati. Several of you have bought some cool stuff. From Abco Safety, you can check out their inventory at www.abcosafety.com. Maybe Bob, who's our Abco Safety guy, will even write you a personalized note. They've partnered with 3M to sponsor the podcast. So if you need any safety equipment, give them a call. And if you're a corporate customer, they'll save you money with a corporate discount. Joe, what are you looking at today? I clicked on categories and then kitchen caught my eye. I wanted to see what they had there. And it's office supplies that, you know, if you have a kitchen in your office or anything like that, especially the coffee and the creamers and the cups, all the necessary things to keep you going, especially after halftime. Again, you can check out their full inventory at www.abcosafety.com. Keep in mind those are retail prices. And if you're a corporate customer, they'll establish corporate pricing for you. Give them a call, 513-672-1818, and mention Locked On Bengals so they know you came from the podcast and you might get that sweet personalized note. If you've been a listener of the Locked On Bengals podcast, you've heard the great advertisers like Abco Safety, Tourism Arizona, and the Epic Hotel down in Miami who have worked with us to reach Bengals fans. 
we are a great way for you to reach out and get in touch with local podcast listeners. Our local Locked On podcast listeners, predominantly a male audience, well-educated, and most importantly, they have disposable income money to spend. So if you want to connect with Bengals fans to come make some purchases from your local business, we have an opportunity right now for you. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. The San Francisco 49ers won the NFC West behind maybe the best offensive play caller in the league. I think Kyle Shanahan this year was. I, I guess we can put the uh, Greg Roman and Andy Reid up there because I think obviously we saw what the Chiefs did. But sticking with the Niners and Shanahan and that offense and how they built this team to get to that point, is it something we can emulate? When we look at the Bengals, are we saying they're closer to the Niners? They can do what the Niners are doing? I think there's some key trends here that they may have to follow with the 49ers, one being – they're more than likely to pay Joe Mixon. The Niners are also spending a lot at running back with some free agent acquisitions. Not that they have even needed them, right? Raheem Mostert was probably their most effective guy all year, and he was the guy that was an undrafted uh, running back, as that's the argument for it. For it. But if the Bengals are going to pay Mixon, they're going to be in a similar situation, uh, putting assets at that spot. But the 49ers were built off this year, the running game, the misdirection on offense, which I think the Bengals definitely want to do and want to do under Zach Taylor, and the defense and the defensive line. And having the ability to spend that many first-round, not just first-rounders, right, top 10 premium picks, uh, premium of the premium blue-chip prospects, Brenston Buckner, um, Arik Armstead, Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa, I'm forgetting someone, aren't I? Oh, well, they got D Ford from the Chiefs. Right, they traded for D Ford. They got Sheldon Day on waivers from Jacksonville. They they got Anthony Zettel. He played for the Bengals this year. I don't That's think right. he played in the Super Bowl though. No. You say Brenston Buckner? DeForest, not Brenston. You remember Brenston Buckner? No, I don't know. You don't who remember that is. him? Oh man, I used to get him in like Madden O two all the time. So not Brenston Buckner, but instead DeForest Buckner was an early first-round pick. Of course, Nick Bosa, of course, early first-round pick. But you go through the defense, you go through the offense, both sides of this ball are filled with premium draft picks and acquisitions from other teams. So on defense, of course, we just talked about DeFord was a big trade with Kansas City, of course, and Sheldon Day, waiver claim. Then you look in the second level, Quan Alexander, yeah, he got hurt. He came back for the playoffs, was a huge unrestricted free agency signing, got way more money than I thought he would. And that's something that we should keep in mind when we're looking ahead at this year's free agency at linebacker. But then Fred Warner, a third round pick from a couple years ago who fell probably a little bit later than he should have. Mm-hmm. Dre Greenlaw this year, he's a rookie, fifth round pick, played really well for a rookie linebacker for them. And then the secondary Richard Sherman, the big acquisition on one side of the field. But then again, premium picks across the board the rest of the way. Jaquiski Tart, a second-round pick. Jimmy Ward, a first-round pick. Akello Witherspoon, a third-round pick. So they're just littered with day two, day one picks 
in free agent acquisitions. And on the offensive side, we've done this before when we talked about uh, – did we? yeah, we had to have one early in the playoffs. It was Jimmy Garoppolo and Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon also at running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk at fullback, who both these teams had a fullback out there. I don't know if you noticed that. We should probably mention that for those people who want one. I'm not against it after watching them. None of them are Kyle Juszczyk out there, right? I mean, that guy's pretty special as it goes. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, they traded for at receiver. Lakin Tomlinson, Weston Richburg, Mike Person. There's a couple other offensive linemen, too. Basically, the, the the trend carries over. They spent a lot of resources and time bringing in veterans from other teams in order to maximize this roster. And their lowest draft pick on the offensive side of the ball that's starting is George Kittle, who's obviously dramatically outpaced his fifth-round draft expectations to be one of the best tight ends in the NFL. And I think let's quickly talk about the fullback note, right? Because fullbacks in the NFL have evolved. If you can get a Kyle Juszczyk who can run routes and move the way he does, catch the way he does, and also be effective as a blocker, I mean, that's a special player. And having George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk on the same team I mean, what a what a rare combination of players that do a lot of the same things very well at slightly different positions, right? And Kittle's obviously more of a game-breaker than Juszczyk is, but you saw Juszczyk last night and how effective he could be. And that's especially as a receiver because when he's on the field, he's a good enough blocker, but then you, you have to cover him. You have to respect him out of the backfield, and he made he made the Chiefs pay. Yeah, that's not just picking up any old fullback that may be out there yeah. on waivers, right? That's a guy who has made multiple Pro Bowls, who is the highest paid fullback in the league. He's one of the highest paid running backs in the league overall. Uh, so he's a weapon, and they use him. And a lot of their offense is built off the combination of Kittle and Juszczyk, just, just what you said. Uh, so, yes. So looking at the Niners and looking at how the Bengals, or at least what, what, what they're built like right now, and I think a lot of this premise of what we're going to do today is off the idea that they will select Joe Burrow, right? Mm-hmm. And that's going to change their offense and how their offense is run. I don't think they're able to be the 49ers. And I say that first because they've missed recently on too many first-round picks. And where the Niners did not, and even if they maybe did a little bit on Solomon Thomas, they yeah. hit on those other D linemen that it made up for it. Had the Bengals have hit on Billy Price or missed on Price, and we already knew Jonah Williams was good, or missed on Ross and we knew Billy Price was good or William Jackson was playing at an elite level, we'd be okay with one miss in there is my point. But they just don't have that young core of premium talent that's just going to come in and we can quickly turn that thing around. I think this is still a couple years off of them hitting those picks. Uh, Having said that, the Niners are paying a lot of money for Jimmy Garoppolo, where the Bengals should have a little bit of advantage. That's another difference to where I feel like the Bengals may have an advantage and I, that's weird saying over a team that just went to the Super Bowl, but obviously resources and cap allocation is a big part, and we've seen a lot of teams take advantage of that rookie contract at quarterback. Yeah, the 49ers, if the Bengals want to get to the playoffs the way the 49ers have gotten there, that's a three-year project, right? Yeah. You're getting your quarterback this year, great. Maybe you're not. If you want to do it the 49ers way, you're going to trade for, I don't know, who who's out there right now. Maybe... Uh, Cam Newton or something I don't know somebody that isn't a top tier quarterback but has some juice if he it doesn't matter who you're trading for somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo and then you're taking three years right to to draft in the top five or something 
and then you can go draft your DeForest Buckner, your Nick Bosa, you know, you can draft your Mike McGlinchey. And then you have yep. to hit on all these other guys too. And then after those three years, you have to be like, okay, now I'm going to go sign Quan Alexander and Richard Sherman and Lake and Tomlinson. And I'm going to trade for Emmanuel Sanders because I need a receiver because AJ Green's 35 now. And and so it's just a long process, I think, if you want to get from where the Bengals are now to where the 49ers are now. And it's not necessarily the quickest way to 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 play off potential success, right? And I think if the Bengals were going to try to emulate it, it would be like, okay, we're going to sign Teddy Bridgewater and draft yeah, Chase Young, yeah, right? Because then you're like, okay, because if you had to trade for Teddy and give up a second-round pick right now, that'd probably be the equivalent. 26-year-old Garoppolo, 26-year-old Teddy. You're like, okay, well, you know, this guy's okay, but we're going to need to really build around him, and we're going to have to give him a good contract right away. So it changes the whole dynamic of what you're building. Uh, and I just don't think, like I said, the previous drafts for the Bengals kind of make that a uh, scary proposition to try and jump right in the Niners felt they hit their drafts and their window was going to be really opening very soon even though they picked second last year in the draft uh so yeah I think it's a little bit harder but I think if that's the way they wanted to go that's how they Bengals don't do anything fully or really with a lot of confidence so signing Bridgewater and drafting Young would be that way and I don't I just wouldn't feel as good about it yeah but it would be like they would have also had to have picked you know really good players at the top of the first round the last three years too. And they have right, it. Exactly. So right. They, it would be like you said, they either need to go back in time and do better, or they need to take two more years and, and also actually do better in the draft. That's the big thing. The roster right now, as it stands, needs too much help in too many spots or needs too many guys to take leaps that you can't really predict in order to get to where the 49ers are because they've had success in free agency uh, and in the trade market. I mean, Lake and Tomlinson, Emmanuel Sanders, those trade acquisitions were huge. And Richard Sherman, Quan Alexander, big acquisitions. They also have Mike Person, the, the sorry, uh, Ben Gardland, the only offensive lineman we didn't talk about. He started mm-hmm. at center for them in the Super Bowl. Yep, because Richburg went down. So having right. that, you know, think of... Do the Bengals have a veteran? It would be like John Jerry stepping in and playing really well, right? Uh, but I guess on a younger John Jerry stepping in, the Bengals don't typically go and sign a backup veteran from another team. If they're signing a guy, it's because they've got a few open spots they're targeting. Yeah, and I think that the other thing that we probably should mention here is that there has to be some credit given to the 49ers coaching staff, right? Oh, you yeah. have a guy, Dre Greenlaw, wasn't significantly on our draft radar last year. Comes out of nowhere to be one of the best rookie linebackers in the league. Fifth round pick, George Kittle, fifth round pick. So you, you give some credit to the scouting department in the front office, John Lynch, for sure. I mean, he won executive of the year. Did he win executive of the year this year? Yeah, he had to. It wasn't last year. So he he's hit on these first round picks. Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, Nick Bosa, uh, Jimmy Ward. And they've kept Joe Staley. Joe Staley's really the only old dog on this roster, but Mike McGlinchey, another hit, right? Debo Samuel, second-round hit. Akella Witherspoon, third-round hit. So he's hit on these draft picks. He's gone out, made the free agency acquisitions. He's made the trades. He's used every tool available to them to build this roster, and that's what it took. So good work from the front office here, but then the coaches use the guys of their strengths and develop the talent. And there's got to be some of that from the Bengals if they want to get anywhere. 
Yeah, and we still have questions about that from the Bengals' side uh, until they win, right? As of right now, we're questioning it. But if they, you know, go on a run like the Niners did, going from drafting second to drafting now 31st, we would feel much differently also. I would love it if the Bengals were picking 31st. We have got another team that's picking 32nd to talk about, though, and they might actually be a closer fit for something the Bengals could do a little bit more quickly. So we'll talk about that here in just a minute. Want to go see your Cincinnati Reds this spring during spring training? Well, Arizona is a great place to go. Not only see baseball, but to see everything else. And if you go down there and go down for the Cactus League, they've got 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, 75-degree temperatures. All 10 stadiums are in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles. Yeah, you can go down and see your Reds in Goodyear Park down there. Or maybe, we've talked about it before, you're into the craft beer. They've got Four Peaks, Angel's Trumpet Ale House, Goldwater Brewing Company, all known for great beer. Or maybe you're into hiking. Maybe you want to get out in the desert for the numerous national parks down there, go up to the Grand Canyon. And if you do the canyon, make sure you bring enough water because it's the way back. Unlike most hikes, that's challenging. It's easy going down, hard coming up. Kind of the opposite of the Bengals. We had a hard time with this bad year, and we're going to come up next year. So go on down to Arizona. Take yourself a little spring break. Plan your getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. Hey, guys. It's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes – It's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. And your 2019 Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, who haven't won in a long time, Jake. I think that is part of the fun here and part of the comparable is Super Bowl, what, four, I believe it was for them last time. It's been 50 years. It's been a long time. Um, but looking at them, obviously carried by Patrick Mahomes, I think, and Andy Reid. Th- th- that pairing obviously has been tremendous since Mahomes took over last year, won an MVP in his first year starting, and then culminating in a Super Bowl MVP in year three. It's just been a perfect marriage for them. That's what we're looking for. That's what gets us excited for Joe Burrow, that opportunity that if he's truly special, now we don't know if we have Andy Reid, obviously, but uh, we've seen other pairings of coach and quarterback be similarly successful. So that's what we're hoping to get out of it. But looking at the Chiefs and looking how they got here this year, it was really a lack of a running game. Even though they rushed for 140-something yards in the Super Bowl, and Damian Williams broke off a couple and had a nice catch for a touchdown also. They obviously put that to the back seat, right, the running game all year long. Whether it was um, starting last year, I think, releasing 
um, Kareem Hunt, like just cold turkey, you know, after his incident and not really replacing him. They did sign Shady McCoy and the rate as cutdowns happened, but he was a healthy scratch. They spent a late, late round pick on Darwin Thompson. They just really went with Damian Williams, who was a former undrafted guy, waived by the Dolphins at one point. Um, they just, you know, it it wasn't really a, a priority for them all year. And instead, they loaded up at receiver and weapons for Mahomes. And I think that's what makes me want to kind of emulate that. Even though we have Joe Mixon in stripes and Giovanni Bernard, you kind of look at the receiving core. If they bring back A.J. Green, if you can get a little bit of – even if John Ross is playing a Meikle Hardman role, right, you feel like they have a comparable skill set to match up. Maybe they don't have the Travis Kelsey. But I think uh, – yeah, and someone asked us on Twitter today when we do the, the mock draft Mondays, why do we target tight end so often or talk about tight end? Do we really need it? We don't. I just think it's one of the biggest mismatches in the game in football. And you look at who ended up in the Super Bowl, right? What are the trends? What are the the similar threads? Both had maybe the two best tight ends in the league. Both had fullbacks that they actively went out. Now, Juszczyk is much better than Anthony Sherman. But the the Chiefs did trade for Anthony Sherman at fullback from the Arizona Cardinals. So there may be some trend there. Yeah, and, and think about the last, you know, Patriots dynasty years of Super Bowls. Rob Gronkowski, big part of that dynasty, right? I mean, yes, it existed before and after Gronk, but he was a big, big part of it. And many of those teams also use fullbacks. And I'm not saying that you need a fullback to win a Super Bowl. I mean, I think that's silly, but you take offensive weapons where you can get them and mismatch creators where you can get them. And if you have a guy those positions that can create mismatches that can be reliable for your quarterback, that's a big comfort thing. And it's it's a big weapon to have. And the Chiefs, are loaded with weapons, right? You've got a quarterback on a rookie deal and their fourth, fifth, I mean, their entire receiving core is just fast, right? Tyree killed Marcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, Sammy Watkins, Nicole Hardman. Those yeah. dudes are all blazers straight up. You got one of the best tight ends of the league. And you look at the way they got these guys, a lot of draft capital spent for sure at wide receiver, but they're finding speed guys in later rounds right? Tyree Kill, fifth round pick. Marcus Robinson, fourth round pick. Byron Pringle, college free agent. Hardman is their earliest pick with with the second round pick. And then Sammy Watkins, of course, they go out and they fill a need for a playmaker in free agency. To add to that, their offensive line, largely built, well, not largely built. I guess that's not quite fair to say, but Mitchell Schwartz is one of their better offensive line players, despite the tough night he had against Nick Bosa. And he comes from Cleveland as an unrestricted free agent. Other offensive linemen, Cameron Irving, a trade from Cleveland. Stefan Wisniewski, who was a waiver from the 49ers. Um, Austin Ryder at center, again, waiver from Cleveland. They have built this offensive line. Outside of Eric Fisher, who was the obviously number one pick in 2013, they've really done late round or made veteran acquisitions to secure that. And... I mean, that offense is loaded with late-round picks that have really turned into something special. Terry Kill and I think uh, Duvernay Tardif at, at right guard, one of the better ones in the league. When you get that and you got two guys, that, look at the Bengals roster. Do they have two players that are late-round picks on the offense that are starting and you're like, I feel really good about them? I 
Auden Tate maybe, but he's definitely no Tyreek Hill or anything, right? Not not even close to that right now. So, uh, no, they don't. They're not getting those late-round guys that are coming in and giving you that big boost in production or play. Uh, unexpected. You need some of that. That's a bonus, what, first, second-round pick, if you look at it like that, of where you would you know value that guy now. So uh, Bengals need some of those coming up shortly. I think that something that's probably noteworthy here is that some of these guys – without Patrick Mahomes at quarterback aren't oh, yeah. the guys that they are, right? Like Sammy Watkins has all the talent in the world, but has never really put it together for an extended period of time, even, even with w- right. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. But Miko Hartman, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, they all come in when they've needed to come in this year. Tyree Kill had an injury. Sammy Watkins missed some time. These guys come in, this, unre- this undrafted free agent, Byron Pringle, and, and fourth-round pick to Marcus Robinson and second-round rookie, Miko Hardman, who I think many people, maybe not many people, some people probably thought, why are the Chiefs picking another fast receiver in the second round? They come in, and the offense doesn't miss a beat, right? Byron Pringle had a huge fantasy week, I remember. I think I might have might have used him for one week or something when those guys were out because the quarterback is elevating the offense in a huge way. And it happened again last night. You talked about them running for 140 something yards. Three first downs come from Patrick Mahomes legs. Mm -hmm. The quarterback running the football matters. Yeah. You, you, your running game matters. So, but look at the running back, right? Damian Williams. Who's Damian Williams? You need a Joe Mixon. I mean, not to knock Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon last night saying, I'm going to carry this team to the bull. And I Let's love do that. It. Yeah. But you don't need him, right? You don't need the elite running back. Neither team is spending money on a running back. And that is the sad nature of the position. I think the other part we can look at this and say, there's not many premium picks spent on offense outside of Mahomes and Eric Fisher. Quarterback, left tackle. If we're looking Kelsey. at the Bengals... Kelsey, a third round pick. Fine. Yeah. That, that's fair. Uh, but that's it, right? Kelsey Hardman. as a third. Hardman, sure, if he's playing it. I'm looking at the starting lineup. But yes, if you want to count yeah. Hardman as a second. Still, even then, the Bengals have way more premium picks oh, yeah. dumped into their offensive side of the ball and are not getting the same return. But it's probably because of quarterback. If Burrow right. hits, all of a sudden, we know this, the Bengals have the potential. All of a sudden, they're throwing all these weapons and Mixon's running wide open lanes and yeah. things are going to look much different. Uh, really quickly. But then you flip to the defensive side, and that's where they have spent some of their picks. Just looking at the D-line with Casanova, uh, Chris Jones, who I thought had a fantastic game. A bunch of pass breakups and and pressures. He's a free agent. We talked about him. Or did we? No, because we didn't get to the Chiefs yet. But And then Derek Nadi. Those are second round, second round, third round. That's premium players. They also drafted Kalen Saunders this past year in the third round. They picked up Terrell Suggs as a... no, a waiver claim. Yeah, he got out of that That yeah, with that contract with the Cardinals. They traded for Frank Clark on the right end. They really prioritized their defensive line, and I think that stands out because when you get to their linebackers, again, maybe kind of like the 49ers. 49ers got better play with Frank or um, Fred Warner and then uh, Drake Greenlaw. They did go out and spend for Quan Alexander. Kind of, you can debate whether or not they needed to or not because they – I'm sure they didn't expect Greenlaw to play the way he did, but they got good play out of their linebackers, whereas the Chiefs, two unrestricted free agents, Damian Wilson, Anthony Hitchens from the Cowboys, players the Cowboys didn't feel they needed. They upgraded with draft picks very shortly after getting rid of uh, uh, Hitchens, traded for Reggie Ragland from the Bills, who the Bills really didn't care about after he was a second-round bust from Alabama. There's really nothing here 
Darren Lee also, we talked about him, a trade from the Jets. They're low priority, man, for linebackers for the Chiefs. Instead, they spent a lot of free agents, uh, money and trade assets on the secondary. Yeah, and that secondary and pass rush is increasingly what seems to matter if you listen to the analytics as a PFF. I think there's a really interesting debate around the value of an off-ball linebacker. And I might want to get Matt Minnick on here to talk about that because he's looking at things from a coach's perspective. And he was one of the people when I highlighted the Dan Horde Bengals Booth podcast episode that talked about this with uh, PFF. Uh, Austin Gale was on the podcast with him said, the Bengals drafting a linebacker at the top of the second round would be a colossal waste of resources is essentially what he said, right? And so I think that's worth exploring. I don't know if I agree with it or not, but I think that increasingly there's just a, a mountain of evidence that says you build your secondary, you build a pass rush. And and Steve Spagnolo did a great job of hiding these linebackers last night. I remember Reggie Ragland got torched once. And, mm-hmm. you know, there might be a couple other, a handful of plays out there. Anthony Hitchens probably got beat, you know, in coverage at some point. But these are not good linebackers. And they, they held the 49ers in this potent run game. Yeah, six and a half yards per carry, but no, you know, no 80-yard touchdown runs, right? Right. They're, there's, they're, they're containing it, and they got the stop at the end of the game when they needed to, right? And this, yeah, you could say the 49ers should have run the ball there, but Kyle Shanahan is calling plays against what the defense is showing. And you go look at those two plays on that drive. Jimmy Garoppolo had open receivers, and he's just not as mm-hmm. good a quarterback. He, he needs to be better. He needs to make his reads faster. He needs to identify what's coming at him faster and hit these guys that are wide open on these plays because they're not bad calls. Yeah, maybe you can run the ball there and pick it up anyway, but the passing calls aren't bad calls there. But the point is where we started this is they spent assets to pick up Charvarius Ward in a trade. They go sign Tyran Matthew as an unrestricted free agent. Huge chess piece, right? Yeah. Tyran Matthew makes a huge difference. Brashad Breland, unrestricted free agent from Green Bay. Kendall Fuller, part of that Alex Smith trade. And then the only guy in their secondary that they actually drafted, signed as a college free agent, Daniel Sorensen, who's maybe their worst player in the secondary. Yeah, and they also traded for Morris Claiborne, who's a depth yep. corner. And who's this, who's the safety they drafted? Our guy. Out of Oh, he's on the injured reserve. Um yeah. What's his name? Juan Thornhill. Juan Thornhill, yes, that's right. Who I from what I understand was, was starting to he was replacing Sorensen at that spot. Yep. Imagine that secondary, man. It could have been even better because yep. Sorensen was is the guy that gets targeted when they do. But Point being is one guy, Sorensen, and he is a uh, college free agent. Yeah. Where are their, they didn't spend any of those picks on that. And if they did, they didn't work out. And they, they lost Nick Nelson to the Steelers last year. It was their nickel guy. Replaced him with Traveris Ward, whoever the hell that is, right? Uh, yeah. Trade from the from the Cowboys. Point where, is, where are their first-round picks? Like, you look at their entire right. roster. It's Patrick Mahomes. That's it. They've missed a lot of high premium picks, and it's really Mahomes carrying them. What does that sound like? Sounds like the Bengals a lot, but except for all the free agent acquisitions and trades, right? So what does that tell us? They have to do it. They have to do it. They don't have a choice. If That'll be as, as far as we know, right? You're always questioning, how do we know things are different? How do we know things are changing? Free agency is the easy one to point to because we can't tell drafts for a couple of years, right? You, you always can't tell after the first year of the draft or free agent signing. Sometimes, you know, a Preston Brown resigning, you're like, eh, right off the bat, I don't like it. But 
let's see how it goes because they really need a linebacker. But we saw within eight weeks. I think free agency, if they don't go out and get a – it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be Tyron Matthew. I know we're looking at both these teams, and there's a Richard Sherman, there's a Matthew, there's, there's some big-name players, Mitchell Schwartz at tackle. Maybe it does have to be. I, lately I've been saying, oh, they don't need to go get that tier one guy. Oh, but they do. But, but they do. As I go through these teams that made it, they all at some point go and dip in and say, okay, they identify the guy that's going yep. to fit, and we don't care how much he costs. He fits. Let's get him. You know who it is this year, according to PFF? Byron Little. Jones, the corner from Dallas. I like Byron Jones. I'd be cool with it. That's a very solid starting corner at the second most valuable position in football, according to PFF's model, which is a topic of great debate lately. And that's something that we're going to have to get into, right? We're going to have to start talking about positional value. There's a lot of data, though. There's a lot of data behind this now. And a big reason for a lot of this stuff is because when you have a penalty, it just nullifies so much of the good stuff you can do. And in a defensive end, even if you're getting pressures and forcing some sacks and some incomplete passes, a quarterback can make all that up with a 35-yard touchdown throw, right? So that's where this value disparity comes from that's so hard to reconcile in such a team sport with so much interdependence from one player to another. So that's stuff that we'll have to get into this offseason. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. So we will be back tomorrow getting a look at some free agents. It's been a, a week at least, so we're going to look at some more free agent targets for the Bengals tomorrow. So until then, Bengals fans, have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.